Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 22, Episode 12 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm... Oh, you're Star. old. Old. I'm old. I'm old. And that's Kurt. And I'm Kurt. <laughs> you Boy, stole his line! I did. <laughs> Hi. We have a convention in two weeks. Is it two weeks now? Two uh, uh, yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Two, yes. Yeah, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Uh, August, August 31st, August thirty first, September first, second, and third at the LAX Hilton Hotel, strategicon.net If you want information on that, you're going to be running Wild I'm, Talents. I'm running Wild Talents Woo! on Saturday morning. Grr. <laughs> Sorry, Kimmy's favorite system. No, I should have. You guys too. You no, because I keep trying to run the game that she can then play in because yeah. she keeps complaining about never being able to play in a Wild Talents game. Yeah, I've run it a million <laughs> times and I've never actually played in it ever. So but she can't play in my game this time because. <laughs> oh yeah, because I registered a game by accident at the same exact time. <laughs> so I'm running my game. Register a game by accident. <laughs> it's Kimmy. I, I, I don't it's doubt last it. Minute. I accidentally a total talent of mine. Um, like- <laughs> yes. So I will actually be running demigods at. Uh, That's cool. At nine a.m. Or I'd love to play in the. the oh, oh wait. Oh wait. <laughs> so I'm excited. I, that'll be like my fourth or fifth time ru- running it. So after Jason, I am the most. Experienced demigods GM, GM there is right. the moment. It is the next system I think I want to run. It's very fun. I had a blast when Kimmy ran the one shot. It it's was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's, it that that whole system is a lot of fun. It's very American gods. It's very well. It is what you make it. But right. yeah, it's uh, Jason has spent and there's a joy to it mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, and he really loves his religions. He really it's, it's really worth checking out. He's done a very good job. I think the whole pantheon of science is one of the yeah. most it's, original, yeah. most amazing yeah. ideas to hit. Tabletop gaming in at least a decade. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a bold enti- statement. It is an entire pantheon that that hates the fact that they exist. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> resents their existence. resents their their entire existence, and they don't. And they have it's, priests. It's, it's very Douglas Adams. <laughs> yes, it is very Douglas Adams. This is true. I want a whole table full of those people, and they just sit around arguing whether they exist or not. Right. <laughs> In this episode of Happy Chicks RPG Podcast, <clears throat> Zach from Baltimore writes in about great World War II movies. Would it be, I think, therefore I am not? Uh, I, I, have, I have proof <laughs> that I don't exist. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he writes in about great World War II movies and asks an RPG character question. Kurt asks if he's designing himself out of gaming. Not me. Different Kurt. Different Kurt. Other Kurt. Well, there's more than one? A lot there's of Kurt's several, in gaming. Actually. A lot of Kurt's in gaming. And Steve from SoCal writes in to revisit space combat. Space combat, pigs in space. The first thing I want to say is, if you were listening to this show and you like actual plays, you should subscribe to our actual play feed. Do it. You can find it on iTunes and all the other podcatchers. It's called Happy Jack's RPG Actual Play. And and in the next couple weeks, we're going to add a second feed. A third uh, feed. A third, yeah, a second AP feed, a third feed in general. uh, Because we're going to put the one-shot shows on their own feed. Because the feeds... That makes sense. Very full. Yeah. And... I blame Kimmy. It's my fault. It's 100% my fault. It is your fault. So that's going to be happening in the next couple weeks. And we'll be talking about that when that happens. Yeah. but before we go to the emails, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on all of the social medias. Every one of them. 
So don't try to don't try to steal any of our <laughs> usernames, which is Happy Jacks RPG on all of those things. We've got all of them, so don't even look to see if any are available. Friendster, <laughs> six degrees, uh, <laughs> tribe. I, I know I registered at alcoholinks.com. Live journal. We're not. No. We're not on live journal. Not We're not on, on live journal. journal. Live journal's huge. Why not? Uh, we probably <laughs> were. No, I don't think we ever were. Oh, okay, I don't know. I don't know. We. I think MySpace was dead by the time we started the show, or it was on its way out. It was. On I don't think way. there was a Happy Jacks MySpace page. I actually want to put out a plea to. Uh, Come back to the forums. <laughs> oh yeah, we have forums. We have forums forum. are actually really, really helpful. And the forum really is, and it's actually a very gentle, nice place to be, and it's full of information. But but uh, go. It's not like other places forums. No, it's not, it's not like Four Chan. No, <laughs> there are no flame wars ever. Well, only a handful. But you know what? Compared to most forums, uh, it, yeah, very tame. Yes. There's but also there's also places <clears throat> that are, are very comfortable. And like there are some places yes. that tend to get a little heated, but you can choose not to be. Yes, right. And, and then, yeah. Stalin is the moderator, so yeah. no, the Uncle Stu, Stu, <laughs> Uncle Stu, <laughs> Admiral Stu, Admiral. A Photoshop <laughs> picture of Stalin Stu. with me it, to oh, the head. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Oh, and if you want to watch show live, yeah, you can go to happyjacks.org slash live. We record the show and stream it out live on uh, Twitch. Right, right now, just Twitch. Because YouTube. It's on happyjacks.org slash live. Happyjacks.org slash live. It's not our fault. 7 p.m. Pacific time. No, it's YouTube's fault. Yeah. 7 p.m. Pacific time on Friday evenings. Yes. Uh, we're also having a contest. Contest. We yes. Are? Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go. So uh, we right now have 67 reviews on our uh, AP feed, on the actual play feed on iTunes. Uh, we have these amazing dice trays from Easy Roller Dice that have lids and these cool symbols on the top. And we yeah, these ones. Ooh. The very pretty ones. It's it Octrogdor. Octa- For those listening at home, it's octagonal <laughs> and it's made from genuine faux leatherette. Yes. Naga hide, I Rich believe. Actual Nagas. Leather. Actual Nagas that were killed and skinned. <laughs> no to, Nagas uh, were harmed in the production of these. <laughs> Locally sourced, free-range Nagas. Yes. <laughs> they, it's still only and Nagas are only found in World of Warcraft. Still, like around the the, the Goblin. There's Harbor a ton City. of them all over. Oh, they're, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, they have cool they're symbols fit, on them. Yeah. Snake men. Mm-hmm. This one has a dragon, Human but more. we have a, a, easy roll of dice. Very kindly sent me a stack of these things. Yeah. I've got like uh, cool. six or eight of them or something. Mm-hmm. So. I like them. And they're cool because um, when you open them, they also have like the inner, there's like an inner ring for you to roll in, and then like the outer ring for you to, to actually store, store your dice. dice. called the staging area. Staging area. That's yes. nice. That's fancy. Yeah. Anyway, so when we get to 100, did we say 100? 100. Yeah, when we get 100. to 100 reviews on oh, the, AP the AP feed, which we're at 67 right now, when we get to 100, we will do a giveaway. And yeah. It's, so. not, it's not positive reviews, it's just a review. We would prefer them Don't to be, be positive. Don't be an asshole and point some, that out, Storks. Some no. of the funniest reviews are no. the people who put a one-star no, review don't. and say, "Why? This I, is awesome. I like this show, but there's not there's enough burps, but not enough farts." No. <laughs> <laughs> just Why need do I have, still <laughs> just need to have <laughs> Why do I do it? and I on But it's the only like <laughs> one in a hundred people that do that, which doesn't hurt our rating at all. We don't have a hundred people yet. <laughs> No, I'm talking about on the regular feed. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't leave bad reviews. If you really have a thing you don't like, then don't listen. My my personal favorite is like the one star reviews on uh, the 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 John Oliver book that were like the one star review to to 
look at for the, the haters will look up the one star reviews like this is an awesome book it's amazing it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like I posted this just for the haters to be able to read it right <laughs> I, want, I want our I want our AP review to be like the three wolves right oh yeah With um, this ongoing well, story I put a one star I put a one star review for oh, the, the three the wolves three being wolf at the moon shirt? yeah I put I said this is shirt is a scam my son was also born without bones, and I put the shirt on him, and he didn't grow bones. Why? Because one of the one of the first reviews, one of the first reviews of that shirt was its magical properties. Because this guy said his son was born without bones, and he put the shirt on him, and he grew bones. Kimmy, I lost hope. Yes, Kurt. Um, I. I, I <laughs> I had forgotten how much I have to pre-drink before coming on the no, show. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> you, got a, you got a front load. You got a front load. It's from the pump. It's, it's my, just like a show affair. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my my panicked like run to the store a few minutes ago for wine. This was. I'm sure you got yeah. enough. <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> the chat room is pointing out, Kimmy, you lost control of the show. <laughs> that implies she ever when had it. Why did you have it? <laughs> That's a good question. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, actual play feed reviews. Yes. And when we hit 100 of them, we're going to figure out some way to give away a um, an easy roller dice yeah. dice tray with staging gear. Yeah, and i got to say, our actual plays are actually very good. They, they are, are amazingly good. Except for that one Dark Ages vampire game. That one sucked. <laughs> no, I had a it lot was of fun. fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. Especially anytime Stu uses his Scottish accent. <laughs> Win. That's that's a five star review. Almost, <laughs> uh, almost as good as his uh, hillbilly My Mars son, yeah. Cletus. 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 <laughs> you know what? If you don't know what we're talking about, go watch an AP. Exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, I think we're plugging. That's all the plugging. That is all of the plugging. I have no more. No more. Th- no more holes open. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I made it about myself. It's all boys, good. Boys, boys. <laughs> Let's keep going. Yes, yes ma'am. Sorry, I was instructed Sorry. to use my teacher Inside voice. voice. Inside voice. <laughs> yes, Miss Kimmy. <laughs> my Australian accent no. is the best. No. Thank you, <laughs> All you have to do is talk really loud. <laughs> and we just lost like 12 Australian <laughs> listeners. Yeah. All, well, I mean, all that, our Australian that, you, listeners. You, you came to that from your retire, retired British Army officer accent, yeah, right? Actually, yes, you're right. As I, I did. Yes. And I got that from Monty Python. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, great World War II movies and RPG character question from Zach in Baltimore. Go for it, Stu. Hey, you guys. Mm-hmm. Or, no, wait. There's one, two, no. three, four. Oh, no. Hey, you guys! Uh, exactly. exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Don't, Kimmy, 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 don't let me hang. Don't let me hang. That's totally Marita Moreno from Electric Company. Or hey, you no. Guys. Well, yes. Yes, but that's, that's a second <laughs> callback from Goonies. <laughs> yes. I exactly. never watched Electric Company. Neither did I. No, but the guy in Goonies did. So that's why he said it like exactly. that all the time. I never watched Electric. Company. I may have seen one. The great Rita Moreno. <clears throat> have you seen Goonies? With Morgan Freeman. In the uh, theater. Okay. Because he's old. But not since, and okay. I don't remember anything about it. This is a thing that fixed. A ship in a cave, and it that? is, yeah. I, I remember leave. that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember I, there being a cave. And I just found it it's hysterical that PC. I, I just found it hysterical that Josh Brolin last year dressed up as himself from the Goonies for Halloween. <laughs> was he one of the kids? Yeah, he was the older brother. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Oh, it's it's yeah. 
I write to you with a movie recommendation and a question about complex characters that might not seem to fit in RPGs. In season 22, episode 7, Good Times, uh, you were discussing World War II movies, and in talking about Dunkirk, yes, it's so good, uh, Stu said that there aren't many good recent World War II movies coming out. I wanted to point out that the movie Hacksaw Ridge has, as being a phenomenal recent World War II movie, Hacksaw Ridge is based on a true story and is directed by Mel Gibson. I know, you know, I just watched, um, no, I've, I've seen it, uh, I, I, I've watched it a couple of times. Uh, there's another uh, uh, Vietnam era um, film that Mel Gibson stars in. Uh, we were soldiers. We were soldiers. Wow. Yeah, that's an amazing film. That one is almost as gruesome to watch, almost as viscerally like uh, to watch as The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was it's such a I, good I, film. I, I'm not saying that as a compliment. Hamburg- it, Hamburger Hill is a good Vietnam movie too. Yeah. But it's 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 about like the first uh, first, first uh, air cavalry air, air cavalry unit yeah, using heli- heli- jumping heli- helicopters, helicopters before right. they had armored them right <laughs> wow such I'm gonna watch it again I'm gonna watch it again tonight anyway uh, Stu said there there aren't many good recent World War Two movies I wanted to point out the Hacksaw Ridge blah, blah, blah. Hacksaw Ridge is based on a true story and directed by Mel Gibson I know what you're thinking based on a true story my ass and you're partially correct Gibson was worried that people wouldn't believe some of the things that happened. In the true story of Desmond Dawes and left them out to make the movie more believable. Uh, Dawes was a conscientious objector who enlisted as a medic to keep his to keep this email from being too long. Dawes might be the most badass soldier of all time, and he never fired a bullet and he never took a life, but he single handedly saved seventy five fellow soldiers. He is the first conscientious objector to earn the Medal of Honor. Hacksaw Ridge is one of my favorite World War II movies of all time. I will definitely put that on my list. No, it got a lot of reviews, and it's <coughs> it's not an easy watch, though. It's right. rough. It's rough. I bet. I bet. It's pretty much uh, the nerd kid getting well, bullied the entire time. Well, it's the, like yeah, but like institutionally yeah, bullied. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's Code like red every day. Um, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. yeah. First yeah. twenty I mean, minutes. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. The, the way they shot the the landing in France, it's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. So that is hard to watch. In 1963, when they did um, the Longest Day, uh-huh. which is of course the movie that everybody compared Saving Ryan, Saving Private Ryan right. to. Right. Up, up until then, it was the most realistic. It, yeah. Well, version. I mean, so that one they could have done that in color because I mean the movie obviously existed in color in 1963. Sure. But all they had was Technicolor. And so the director said, no, the blood's too red, the sky's too blue, the sea's too green, the sand's too white. It looks too nice. It looks too... No, it's not that it looks too nice. It just looks too... um, Hollywood? Comic book. Oh, sure. It it, it was just too pure colors. Uh, There there was not enough gradient. There wasn't enough dirtiness to it. So that's why they chose to uh, shoot it in black and white. Jump forward 40 years, and color technology is a hell of a lot better... And we get Saving Private Ryan, where they intentionally desaturated oh, everything. Yeah. Mute yeah. the colors, yeah. Mute the colors, which is why every other war movie since then has been a desaturated color palette also. Mm-hmm. Ryan. But, um, and DC films. Well, same thing. Um, we don't speak of those. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just, oh, now, now we get to see this guy's head or face blown off in color. Right. Oh, that's so much. You great. know, I, I watched, they have the, I think they call it the ultimate cut. Or something like that mm-hmm. of the Watchmen. Oh yeah, they put mm-hmm. back in the 
Black Freighter stuff. Well, because they had released that as a separate, as a separate film, basically. So yeah. he interspersed it, and there's a lot of extra footage with the kid reading the comic book and the guy at the newsstand. That's cool. Um, I need to see that. But I love that movie. Uh, there's actually um, a series on biography, I think, or one of those channels, Discovery, maybe. It's a World War II in color where they've gone through yeah. and added color and everything. It's mm-hmm. on Netflix, too. Yeah. And what you're saying there is it, it's remarkable. It's like, you see, I'm used to seeing the South Pacific World War II sort of in black and white and stuff. Oh, and yeah. you think these guys are struggling and it's rough and they've got their shirts up and it's hot. And then they colorize <clears> and you're like, oh my God, here they are in paradise, and yet the lagoon is full of blood. And people are are like you know wrapped in bandages, and it, it really adds another element. It's it's, it's full dimension now. I, I was gonna say, I was as, in answer to you to your question about uh, World War Two stuff. There's there's this stuff now that they're colorizing, so you can actually see legitimate footage from World War Two in color, and it, it's jarring. It makes it makes it seem real. It doesn't look well, like you're watching it. Well, it doesn't look because like, it seems like you're watching a newsreel. Yeah, when it's in black and white, and they they yeah. colorize it, and I know it's real, obviously, but. It's it is it really does add another level, right? You know, I think it makes more of a connection with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It truly does because in uh, black and white, I can I can just it's now it's you can separate yourself from yeah, it. yeah completely. One uh, other war thing: um, if you're a Dan Carlin listener, if you listen to Hardcore History, uh, Countdown to Armageddon, which is his I think five one five five part episode, series yeah. of, about World War One, it is. The oldest stuff in his podcast feed right now, yep. which means it's going to go away and go behind a paywall. That's right. So yeah. if you have not had a chance to listen to it, it's long. It's probably what three hours each episode, two uh, and a half, like maybe. That. Yeah, they're they're, they're yeah. long. So it's probably somewhere between ten to fifteen hours of Dan Carlin talking about World War One. Wow. Grab it while you can because it's going to go behind a paywall. Somewhere. I love I love that phrase. It's it's yeah. still the journalist major here. It's going to go behind a paywall. It's so yeah. ominous and, and well, accurate. That's, that's 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 how awesome. he's that's how he pays. Yeah, sure, sure. He, I know. It's just the fact you say. It. And I don't I don't begrudge him. It's not that it's not that I'm going to charge payment. What you say. Blue. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Blueprint to Armageddon. It's called Blueprint, Blueprint to Armageddon. Yeah, it's uh, that. I listening to that was what inspired me to run the uh, World War One game that I ran starting in. Uh, 2014. Okay, starting you know 100 years after right the the, the thing the started. started. At a certain point, we actually coincided with the events 100 years before, right. like date wise. It, it it's so good. It is so good. Dan Carlin is a, a he's a really good storyteller. Yeah, he's a fantastic storyteller, and he makes even even the sort of history that people are like, oh, no, he he draws you in and he finds those little human elements in it. That really turns it from reading a dry history book into you yeah. know a, a full blooded story. And this reminds me that that reminded me. I think you were a fan of it. Um, after Saving Private Ryan came out, wasn't there a series, a miniseries sort Band of, of Brothers. Band of Brothers? There's that, two actually, and then yeah, the Pacific, and the Pacific. That I thought you amazing. were a huge fan of. I, I am. I, I, in fact, just same. recently watched those in the last month. What yeah. we need actually is more World War One movies. Yes, there are a lot of European. Because we were in it for about uh, eighteen months right. out of the four and a half years, but um, but you know the on- the only World War One movies that I can think of that I've actually seen, other than Wonder Woman, I was going to say Wonder Woman, right? Actually. <laughs> uh, That's uh, a World War uh, movie though. And uh, but uh, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, yeah, um, is I like saw the big, big one, the remake really? with uh, John Boy. Wings. With who? John Boy. Is it All Quiet on the Western Front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one I saw. Yeah, yeah. with Ernest Borgnine yeah. and uh, yeah. And wings wasn't that one? Wasn't that in World War One with the stop with camels flying around? Oh it's yeah, a whole, yeah. Whole dog fight thing. Yeah, cabbage crate's coming over to Briny. That right. was it. 
All right. Um, Savage, Savage Trucker in the chat room also says that uh, the whole blueprint to Armageddon is also up on YouTube. Oh, it is? Okay. That's nice. Cool. But wait, there's more. There's more to this email. Finally, I want to get to the actual point of my email. Aside from promoting the movie that everyone should see, what are everyone's thoughts on a character who is a pacifist in a high-violence game? Uh, D&D monk that, that trips his enemies and moves away from them. Wizard who take wizards who take no offensive magic and refuse to fight how would you handle a player asking to play a pacifist character in a game that would be combat focused how would you handle the player wanting to make a character like Desmond Dawes what are your thoughts? Drink and discuss that was the first PS. Second PS I plan on writing in with some horror stories about a particular player I had in my D&D group that was notoriously bad, annoying and made a lot of people in the group feel uncomfortable with his presence, but somehow always avoided crossing the line and getting kicked out. And getting kicked out. I plan on calling it the Saga of Fumbles and the Fail Ninja. I'm sitting right here. Fumbles the Fail Ninja. <laughs> sitting right, right here. What? Uh, what? I like the title. Though. Yes. Thank you, hmm. Zach from Baltimore. Pacifist characters in a combat. So we game. had a pacifist in our uh, actual play here on the in the the, the Pirates of the Spanish Main. Mm-hmm. Um, that Mary was playing a pacifist character, uh-huh. and she would <coughs> go out there and uh, on deck during battles and basically taunt the other side or boost the morale of her side. Well, Savage Worlds actually gives you mechanics, yes, that, mm-hmm. so that so that characters who are pacifists and don't want to do combat stuff have a lot of stuff they can do in combat. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. now in the D and D game that she and I are in, um, she's playing a bard, and she. I don't think she's cast any spell other than Vicious Mockery <laughs> in uh, months. Um, and she basically... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Vicious Mockery and um, Charm Person. Mm. Because she just turns half the enemies into friends. Right. <laughs> so Which is more effective than trying to cut them up with a sword. Exactly. So I, I, my one sorcerer does the same thing. And so like between the two of us, we've converted three quarters of the enemy pool into friends of ours. And the GM is just... I, I, uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, all right. And that's, uh, <laughs> and that's a really interesting point. Is like, uh, everybody expects a sword and sorcery game to go with a lot of... Uh, Hacking and, and slaying and swords <laughs> and sorcery, right? And then when people actually are like, what if we just talk it out? Yeah. The GM doesn't know what to do. The, the <laughs> min-maxer doesn't know what to do now. It, it is it is an interesting thing. I've actually played a couple of online role-playing games, too, where it's like, can we, can I do this without killing the, the bad, big bad? How do I... Is there a way to win the game without actually doing it? And some of the... Not necessarily online games, but some of the role-playing games allow you to do that, but... I have found, by and large, that the, everybody at the table has an agenda, and if you don't warn them <laughs> that you're going to be the pacifist, you might really be in, uh, undermining their fun. Well, that's that's that goes back to group character creation is really it, helpful in that does. kind of a thing, or c- at least communication. Communication is always a good thing. Yeah, um, just in general. Well, mm. and finding a way to still be helpful, like yeah. If you're going to be a pacifist who then sits on the ground whenever there's a combat happening and not help in any way, that's that's kind of right. lame. Especially if you are, have been front loaded with the information by the GM, hey, there's going to be a lot of combat in this right. game, right? And you are like, no, I'm going to get all the attention. I'm going to be the character and, right. who doesn't do anything. I'm going to sit there and pout every combat and yeah. not help. It's like, all right, find a way to help. Like, you know, be support. Like, be a healer. 
Yeah. You know, like like Mary, it sounds like she's yeah. still playing an active role in oh, the combat, absolutely. even she's if she's not hitting people. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, although I do fear for when she actually brings her weapon to bear, because of course, as a bard, her weapon is a musical instrument. Right. And the musical instrument that she chose is bagpipes. Nice. So. <laughs> and the hands of an expert. Bagpipes, bagpipes can be used as weapons. Bagpipes are not a pacifist's weapon. No. <laughs> Clearly. This were, is my argument as well. They were created to be heard. Over the din of dying Scotsman. You yeah. do? Now, if you've ever heard dying Scotsman, <laughs> oh, there's nothing oh, louder. God. The only thing louder than that are bagpipes. You know why bagpipers <laughs> walk when they play? I have no idea why. Well, either they're trying to get away from the sound, or it's harder to hit a moving target. You heard it here. <laughs> All you bagpipe players, address your emails to Kurt. Oh, did I, Stork, I, did one before we continue. Uh-oh. One uh, very quick. Did you hear the. Uh, there was a. A, a musician's joke on Facebook, so I know you probably haven't seen it. Did I tell it to you yesterday? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. How can you tell if uh, if a friend of yours has perfect pitch? Oh, I don't know, Stu. How can you tell if a friend of mine has perfect pitch? Don't worry about it. They'll fucking tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first guess. Is I'm, look, they're a soprano and they'll tell you. <laughs> that was going to be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> if, you've yeah, ever, if you've yeah. ever been in a choir oh with someone God. who has perfect pitch, you're probably laughing. Or thinks they have. Or thinks they have. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Which is God. more often the case. It's yeah. like, if, what you have to do is like, dude, you have relative pitch. You're not a perfect pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, I think so now, now let me ask, because okay. um, there's different kinds of passivism. See, in GURPS, yes. depending on, how, on which flavor of pacifism you take, you have to, oh, boy. You, you get a certain... Uh, bonus and XP, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they, she took that pacifism uh, flaw, yeah, right. Uh, hindrance, sorry, they call right. it the hindrance. hindrance. She, and she took the there, again. There's the there's two couple, levels, right. and she took the more stringent level, right, to there, get the extra points. There's for like it. cannot kill, right. There's self defense only, right. Someone who has self defense only may not actively take take part in a combat. You could be right. a total they may, judo master. And, and they are only yeah. only if someone is actually physically attacking them would they feel the need to intercede. Right. Then there's also like real pacifists where I don't harm people. It's just, I, I just won't do it. Yeah. Right. And in I, th- I personally think if everyone at the table is prepped for that and everyone at the table knows okay, there's a pacifist character in the game. That's the point. Yeah. I think you could have a really compelling game with Plenty of combats, and still, and and have a lot of drama happen afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and and, and a lot of inner party conflict. If that's the kind of game you like. I do, and so I think it's a it's a it's a, a good opportunity. Yeah, to actually add a new dimension to the game rather than just have a bunch of murder hobos. And I also think that if you're as the GM, if your person wants to be a pacifist. You need to head it off of the pass, which is you're not just sitting down in the middle of combat and pouting. You need to have something that you contribute. So I, I remember watching. No, I, I disagree. I remember. Well, I disagree. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me let me give you this thought there, and then you can disagree. But I remember years ago watching a special on a judo master, and judo, I think specifically, <coughs> correct me if I'm wrong, is about using your enemy's momentum and force against them. So these, you know, somebody would swing element, and then they and they would, you know, literally grab him by the wrist, and the guy would then walk away and dust off his robes, and the guy would, and down again. I I would love to see a game with like a judo master monk, where you know all the fighters go through and it's like I've killed five, I've killed three, and then there's this pile of unconscious bodies here with the monk just sitting there on top of them, or going. I've seen anime like that. Right. 
Yeah, I've I've seen anime like that. <laughs> it, it, it's but it's possible to do that and still not kill them and still not ask for the fight. Um, right. Well, I th- and I think that's kind of what Stu's getting to. With there's like different types of pacifists. Yeah. Like there's the ones who will defend themselves. There's ones right. who won't even defend themselves if half if they have you know if, if sure, instigated. Right. Um, and you're absolutely right. I don't think like depending on the game, like yes, you can have you can have that role to play. You can help. But if you've prepped your table. Like, yeah, you can still play that pacifist who's like, I am not taking part in combat at all. Right. I will not heal, I will not... And, but make sure you've had that conversation and yes. made that clear ahead of time. <coughs> don't wait till the... Fr- like, don't think it's going to be a cool twist of your character and wait until they're half dead in the first ca- combat and then be like, oh, by the way, I'm a pacifist. I'm going to sit here and meditate while you all die. Not like, cool. That's the, a dick move. The cool. players should know going in. The characters right. may not know. The characters yeah. don't have to oh, know. Oh, absolutely. Know going right. In, yeah. I think. And and there, there's also the possibility that you're going to have someone who's a pacifist, who's a, you know, uh, the Shepherd Book character from yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Firefly, from Firefly, Firefly, who you, you kind of get the impression wasn't always a pacifist. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the the uh, the, really? the Bible it seems to be very very uh, uh, specific on killing people. Yes, it's much more vague, however, on the subject of kneecaps. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But <laughs> and like some systems have it built in, like the Asahina in L5R are pacifists. Sure. Um, so it, they, like a lot of uh, games that have kind of political machinations have like groups like that already built in that you can tap into if you wanted mm-hmm. to play that type of character. Right. Even what Vampire has uh, fam- uh, pacifist yeah. uh, bloodline, as it were. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, but the one of the things I think you need to be ready for in those situations, and all the players kind of need to be on the same page for it is if you have a character who is a pacifist and let's say he's a priest or he's otherwise eloquent in some way he may talk you out of a lot of fights yeah he may wait no let's let's figure out what they want yeah. and let's see if we can come to some sort of resolution where they can get what they want we can get what we want and we can walk away from this and no one gets hurt yeah mm-hmm. which which is mostly what people want in the world right. people don't just immediately like it's a assholes Run into a group of people who just assault them. Right. Unless well, you're Vikings, maybe. Mur- murder hobos. Right. Uh, but I think, uh, but I mean, there again, you got to, everyone's got to be on the same page. Because if, you, especially if you're playing a game like D&D where, um, you know, if the GM's going to be a hard ass and say, to beat an encounter, you have to kill the monsters. Right. In order to get XP. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be some tension at that table. So yeah. you either have to say, okay, however you get out of the encounter, you're going to get the XP, whether you talk your way out or fight your way out, whatever. Yeah. And, and just make sure everyone's on the same page, and everyone had the the key thing with it. I think is going to be expectations. Yeah, and make sure everyone kind of is on the same page and knows where things are going to go. We used to have the T-shirt. Stop talking to my experience points. Stop, mm-hmm. please stop talking to my experience. Yes, points. I still have that shirt. Uh, I have several. RGM has uh, <laughs> RGM has actually been doing a really good job of of rolling. I mean, he hasn't played. Uh, or run D and D since Second Edition, and he launched in with Fifth Edition, mm-hmm. um, and so he's still a little vague on some of the rules. But his ability to roll with the punches or complete lack of punches that we ha- hand him right. is actually really good. So yeah, excellent. Any, anyone else? I d- I always find it refreshing when people want to talk this stuff. When um, Dave and I ran Mission Imbardable. Right. The whole idea was just like the original Mission Impossible television series, which is supposed to be in and out, and no one knows you're there. Right. So basically, if you kill somebody and leave their body in a, in a stairwell, they're going to know you're there. Alarms go off. So you've lost. 
the whole thing is about talking and not killing anybody, uh, finding alternate avenues. And I think every player at the table had a great time. The tension was there. It was all, but it was set up ahead of time. It was front loaded with, "This is your mission. You choose to accept it." But you're, you're ghosts. You're in and you're out, and nobody right. should know you're ever there. Right. This it, should never have happened, and we will deny all responsibility. It's leverage without Elliot. And, and, and but yes, <laughs> but, but it, it, it can be it can be a really interesting game if you let that happen. Yeah. If your murder hobos get all weird, I, I, I can't do anything. It's like. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Everybody relax. There's a lot of things that we can all do to make, and it can still be fun and rewarding. Did, instead of a, a tape recorder, did you have a magic mouth? Uh, it was a crow. Okay, because right. they they can have talk. a magic. Remember the magic mouth yeah. first edition? Yeah. I don't know. Did that exist in second? I I, I always I always use them in traps. I use them in traps. I know. Tell you riddles. I know it exists as a spell in fifth edition. Oh, it but does. I'm okay. I'm not familiar with enough with second or third to. Okay. And I've. Tried to put up mental blocks about fourth, right. so <laughs> it probably it, it's probably always been there. Yeah. All right, anything else? Anything else? Going once, going twice. So American, do the thing, but communicate there. Yes. Yeah. Designing my way out of gaming from Kurt. Kurt. Yes. Oh, should I read Kurt? The other Kurt's. You have no. to. That's why we brought you. Oh, okay. All right. Damn, we got a Kurt. Are you Kurt. sure you didn't read this? Write this. I, I'm it? absolutely certain that I did not write this. Okay. Um, D- greetings, ha- Happy Jacks. Greeting, Jack. There's this fantastic Irish band. Dubious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you. <laughs> Dubious provenance no. on this email. <laughs> greetings, Jack. Are we still doing douche jokes? Sure. If so, greetings, dusty boxes of unnecessary feminine hygiene product. I seek your guidance. Over the past year, I've become more and more engrossed in game design. I've written a few games which are in various states of completion. My Google Drive is filled with documents that say things like, make relationships more impactful. <laughs> and what if the characters were ghosts trying to solve their own murder? You're either writing a game or you're working on a relationship uh, <laughs> Actually, actually, I just made that last one up, but I think I could make it work. No, no, totally. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea for that's a game. That's a great idea for a game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now the problem. While exciting, all this careful examination of mechanics and iterating minute changes is turning my hobby into more of a job. It's mm. been a while since I played a game for fun instead of as research, mm. and I'm finding it difficult to let go and just play the game. Not to mention the guilty feeling I when I play something other than my new game, which desperately needs more playtesting. Yeah, I hear you. I really enjoy the design process, but I'm afraid I'll lose the fun of just playing the game. I know several members of the cast have written games. How do you fight off burnout and keep from overanalyzing every game you play? Kurt. Kurt Potts on the social meteor programs. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> I'm opening up my social media program. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that the Kerbal Science? Uh, never mind. Uh, P.S. If you're all right with a bit of self promotion. Oh, no. Go ahead. Some friends and I recently started up a Twitch channel called Pixel Scandal. Nice. We stream a weekly nerd cast about gaming and other nerd culture, as well as actual plays and video games. You can find us at twitch.tv slash pixel scandal. P.P.S. Drink and, and Kurt Potts is a funny guy. And he's, awesome. and he's been his, his son, Kurt Potts the Third, is also a funny guy. Yes, he is. That kid is. That kid is. <laughs> he's a been lie. with us for since the beginning, I think. Kurt. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And and and, and uh, his, his wife. 
Yeah, I mean, they're Fresno. Yeah. Um, oh, you just told them that they know the first and last known in the city they live in. Oh, stalkers. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> we'll that out. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I enjoy seeing the pictures that they post about because his wife is a, uh, um, a fireworks uh, pyrotechnician. Pyrotech- 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 yes. yes, right. So. Yeah, I actually made a character un- unbeknownst that I didn't know what she did for a living, <laughs> and I made um, one of the, I, I ran a game called Mundane Justice where everyone is like a real superhero. Oh yeah, like a normal person who's putting on stuff like uh, the shoveler. Orlando Jones. <laughs> no, no. Um, yes. Yeah. Mystery Man type thing. Uh, well, there's ones in like Oregon or Washington. There's a group of them up there yeah. that go out and spray mace on people. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. 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 But one of one of them was uh, a pyrotechnician who you, who she just had Phoenix a whole bunch of fireworks. Like oh, Phoenix. Yeah, I think yeah, Phoenix Jones. That's right. But she just had a bunch of fireworks. She's just, oh, I'm playing this bottle rockets. <laughs> right. But so. because she was an actual pyrotechnician, she was like she corrected the character so. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Much more effective. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, so, so burnout, burnout, no. burnout, burnout from. Well, I'll tell you. The question I would ask you are: when you're playing games for research, is it really like a job? Or are you really not having fun doing it? Yeah. That's the thing. Because <clears throat> if you're still having fun doing it. But you're, but it's also kind of work because of the fact that you're like seeing how this mechanic works or trying this game out to see if there's any mechanics you want to include in this or things like that. Yeah. If you're still having fun doing it, I wouldn't worry about it exactly. because you're having fun. It's a game. You're supposed to have fun. And I mean, it, feeling guilty because you're playing a game and you're not working on what you're supposed to be working on. You got to take breaks, <laughs> especially if you've got a job. And you're doing this and doing this part time, right? Well, yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, look at look this at how long it took me to get moment of truth out. I've been working on that thing for like, well, Tappy and I were talking about it out here after a show before he moved to East Jesus. So yeah. eight years, seven or eight years yeah. ago, we started talking about it, and I started writing it around the time that that he ghosted to East yeah. Jesus, and then I worked on it. A little bit at a time. That whole time ran a, a lot of play tests. It went through a lot of revisions of the rules, and it only just came out what this last like June or something. Yeah, and it has not been out very long. And and let me tell you, the blood blade and tusk setting. It's not going to be this year. It may not be <laughs> next year because it's right now that my page count is up around three hundred pages. Wow. Because it's huge, and then I've got to go through and make sure shit's consistent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's like I just realized, oh, you have actual history to contend with as well, right? <laughs> and then I've got, I realized, oh, I should have a timeline. Oops. <laughs> so now I have to go through and go through oh, no. all of the stuff I've done, and all the little, just little yeah. bit mentions of, of sure. history stuff, and do a timeline from one thousand AD yeah. to twelve hundred AD. Because, yeah. like I said, you have history. Because you're you're well, what you're writing is I'm resetting. History takes a a, a, a left turn right. at eleven hundred when yes, the York show up. You still yeah. have to set up the stuff before yes. that too. Yeah, and be beholden to it. Carolingian Empire and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, it is. I'm. But if I wasn't having fun doing it, I wouldn't be doing it. Right. I mean, it's certainly not the money. I mean, I gave, <laughs> moment of truth. I gave it away. I mean, there's like a pay what you want thing on uh, drive through RPG. Everybody wants to pay twenty bucks. 
right? Or more? Uh, <laughs> I, there's like, well, I, I didn't expect anything, but there's like $19 there or something. There's a few people who's kicked a little money in. Okay. But, I mean, you can also go to Moment of Truth RPG and just download it for free. And I just put a little revision in it. But, I mean, I, I don't work on the on the, the setting thing every day. I don't no. even work on it. I mean, I may go a couple weeks because I need a break. Yeah. There's no deadline. You've got songs to write, too. I mean, it, you've got, you got a band to feed. Right. And, and, and the thing is, it, I mean, unless, unless you've got some kind of commitment, like, I don't know, you've done a Kickstarter, right. yeah. and you're doing you're going to Gen Con yeah. rather than working some on the game. Some kind of deadline, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you still mad about him? That's completely not specific. No. <laughs> no. But if... I, if uh, that's a little different because now, now you've made a commitment and you've got you're sitting on people's money and you owe them something. Yeah. yeah. But if it's something that you're just working on on your own, yeah. Do it when you want to, and when you don't want to, don't do it. Don't burn yourself out. Yeah. Why, why the hell would you do that? I, I'm reading another thing into this, which is um, I can't speak necessarily for game design, although I tried to design games back in back in the day. Uh, but I can speak about the movie industry because. Now that I'm in the movie industry, I know how the sausage is made. Right. And no films are the same. They they, they used to be just like total escapist. And now I'm like, oh my God. I can see the wires and I can see the flaws and the tape behind and the bat. And I see all the flaws. But despite that, and maybe it just takes time, I just, I, I, I have gotten to the point now where I just dismiss that and let the story take me away. That's why, remember the, the, when we both showed up in the same movie theater? What movie was that? I don't. Don't you remember that? It was a, it was a few months ago. It was a couple months ago. Where, where I was, I was like in line buying tickets, and you walked in. He's old. He doesn't remember. I don't remember. You don't remember. Keep going. I don't remember, remember what movie it was, but you remember how we didn't sit together. We no, I would not sit next right. to you because it gives up. Oh, you But I, but I don't want to be that guy. I don't do that right. necessarily in in a movie theater for sure. I do at home. <laughs> That I believe. <laughs> we can pause it and we can have what discussions about it. That? But but my point is that even though I now know how that stuff is made and I can see the wires, and Kimmy is the same experience because she's like been behind the scenes and stuff too, it, it doesn't necessarily detract from a great performance and from a great movie. If it's a good movie, it's well written, it's well executed, after the first three or four minutes... I don't really care. I'm caught up in the story. Yeah. Right. I think and that's th- different than burnout, though, on your own system. Like, Because right. like, I've experienced this a little bit with, uh, like, when you write songs, things like that. At some point, you hit it, yeah. and it, it, you've heard it so many times, you can no longer judge whether it's good or not. True. Oh, no kidding. You oh, get yeah. Fr- True. yeah, and you're like, I yeah. hate everything about the song. I want to burn it, but everyone else says it's good, so I'm going to trust them. Right. So it's one of the, it's, you get to that point where... Like you, you just want to throw it in the garbage. Oh, that's a very good point. You <laughs> lost yeah. all perspective. Yeah, you just yeah, like like any and you know creating yeah. anything. Like I get that way with my costumes. Like there's always a point in every costume I make where it's like two in the morning and I'm crying and I'm just about to burn it. Yeah. Like the, I'm, I'm <laughs> like looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the trash cans there. I ha- yeah. It's like gonna just no. It'll be fine. I'll just burn everything. No one will know this ever happened. And I you know I games, wish I hadn't live streamed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had been talking it up on Instagram for months, but uh, super close to that with that Raven costume, by the way. Super fucking really? close. Yeah. Oh my god. I think a couple it was amazing. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. It like does. But at two in the morning, like the night before the event, when you're trying to finish it desperately, your and you've never put it on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything. But I mean, it's like when the Voggers record CDs. Yeah. Oh yeah. For every minute or every hour that someone is in the in the control in the booth, you have to hear. 
I'm in there. Yeah. So you take the other twelve members of the band, you add it all together. That's how many hours I spend in there. Yep. And then it's like I've heard and then editing it. <laughs> I've heard every track. I've gone through and done all the auto tune. Not that we would ever use auto tune. And and go- <laughs> etch correction. <laughs> yes. And 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 then done all of the editing and then all of the mixing. By the time I'm done, I've spent. God, I don't even know. 80 hours listening to these same 15 songs if over and over yeah. again. And the last thing you want to do is hear that album. Ever. I don't. Again. When, ever. Once it comes back from the printer, yeah. I don't listen to it at least for a year. Oh, yeah. At least I don't two even, years. Errors? I don't give a fuck. It's already printed. What am I going to do about it? I don't yeah, even exactly. listen to yeah. it. Someone says, oh, one of the songs has a little thing. Th- 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 oh, All right. You should have got it care. earlier. <laughs> you will be dead. Please yeah, stop talking no. to me. Yeah. <laughs> But I actually just put stabby, our most stabby. recent CD in my CD player the other day, and I mean it's three years old now. And I was like, "Oh, I can now listen to this one without without right? e- minutely examining oh, it." Yeah. <laughs> and I can I can see what he's talking about because especially yeah. if you're in the middle of coming up with game mechanics or designing some kind exactly of game, what I'm saying. and you're playing something you know like, like, like within the overall genre of games, you're playing a role playing game or a board game or whatever. You're you, you it's hard to turn off that right yeah. That part of your brain which is saying, "Oh, that's an interesting mechanic." I wonder. I I did that with Moment of Truth. I mean, I kept we'd play something. It's like, "Oh, I wonder if I should put in mechanics for this." And I, oh I should God. put it into this. Yeah. It's like, no, meh, stop. Yeah. So I know I, I I know what he's talking about, and I, I don't know how you shut off that part of your brain. Well, as a musician, I mean, how do you do it? You and don't. I, I don't. I also know that you've you've also said. I, I don't want to hear that song because it's going to get stuck in my head and I'm going to write it. So, no, I, I don't yeah, want to hear it. Yeah, that used to happen a lot. Now yeah. I, I've gotten a lot better at recognizing when I'm writing someone else's song again. <laughs> yeah. Because I wrote Stairway to Heaven when I, in like 1990. It's a famous story. You should yeah. tell the yeah. story just I, quickly. I had, well, yeah, he's Bill, Bill and I had both started rock bands, like, garage bands, because we, we both bands practiced in our garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sat down and was writing a song at the time I, I was playing my Strat. And I wrote the song out and had the lyrics done and everything. I said, hey, Bill, and Bill, we were roommates. Bill comes home, like, dude, you gotta hear this song. And I start playing the song for him. I was like, and Bill, Bill, to his credit, sat. And listened, <laughs> yeah, to, the and whole listened song. to the whole song, the whole nodding, song. nodding along. He's, he's like, an asshole. Do you realize you just wrote Stairway to Heaven with different lyrics? I'm like, fuck, I did! <laughs> And I did so chord nice. for chord. It was the same fucking chord progression. Oh my god! And I fucking hate Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, but I think, I think what Stork brought up about movies mm-hmm. and being able to just sit down and enjoy the experience of the film and get that other stuff out of your mind. I think that's probably key. If you're playing, especially if you're playing role playing games, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially role playing games. Rather than looking at how the sausage was made, mm-hmm. be in that moment and play that game. And ju- and if you s- see yourself starting to, you know, if you want to jot down a note, oh, this is an interesting mechanic this person put in this game. I right, mean, that's the key. Jot that note and then forget about it. That's absolutely the key. I mean, I I know Miles Davis would go out and watch and listen to music, and he didn't come up afterwards and give notes to anybody, or he right. didn't he can't not enjoy live music. Uh, all musicians, all act, all artists can still enjoy. The the performance or the the act of doing it without there there's a muscle almost where you just have to shut it off and go it's not I'm I'm not taking notes this is not my GM hat now I'm actually here to play or I'm actually here to watch or I'm right. actually here to enjoy this mm-hmm. you you know what that's that interesting thing you just said there you're almost if especially if you're playing if you're GMing that's different but if you're playing 
and you're doing that, you're almost taking on the burden of a GM. Mm-hmm. You aren't, yeah. but because GMs don't have the same kind of fun when they're playing a role-playing game that players have. Absolutely. It's, it's still fun. It's an enormous amount of fun. Yeah. But it's a different kind of fun. Yes. Yeah. It's not the... I'm you know, rolling with the punches. There is some of that, or, or trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. But you're, yeah. you, 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 as the GM, you're sitting there and you're trying to figure <laughs> out, okay, how do I fit these pieces together? It, and you're, you're, there's a, more analysis going on in your head, mm. yeah, I think. Yeah. And so when you're, if you're a, pl- if you're a player, for player, you're it, really trying to. Uh, Enhance your own experience. If you're a GM, you're trying to enhance everybody's experience, right? And but there's a lot more analysis going on with the yeah. GM in that in that sort of metagame sense than yeah. there is with the player. And I think it's almost like it's almost like you're backseat GMing. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, you're not. It, it's not as dickish as actually backseat GMing. But mm-hmm. that's that is very. But it's similar. It's no. it's a similar sort of phenomenon. Is yeah. it? You're like, well, how, look how this game mechanic works. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah. Now, obviously, when you're playtesting, you kind of have to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's why you're playtesting. Yeah. yeah. Is to make sure that shit's working right, and if it's not, you're immediately. I mean, I I did it a lot when I mean I I when we were playing. We, we played a game. It was called Mobile Danger Force. I'm going to be running a, a session of it. At I the saw con. that. It actually sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, it, I actually I love the name, you, Mobile you, Danger Force. You may have been in the play test of it. It was at Bill and Elspeth's house, mm-hmm. and it was you, it was 1960s super spies. I don't know if you were in that I don't game think I was or not. In that one or but El, I know Elspeth was in it. And I know Bill I was wasn't, it. but I remember you talking. I remember seeing something about but it. But we yeah. were playing the game, and it had the old damage system in it, and. And someone, we, we we had sort of kind of come to the conclusion that the damage system wasn't working right, and pop right in my head while we're sitting there talking about it was the way the damage system works now, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, hold on, yeah, and I had to sit and write it down or else I was going to I was right? going to forget right. it, right? But I mean, that's why you play test. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're you're play testing to make sure shit works, and if it doesn't, try to come up with something else. And if you and if you figure that out at the table, you better fucking write it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of notes on my phone. For, actually, I have some really old ones from when I was in the wives, too, because I'd be just walking around on the playground at recess or something, like watching the kids, and boom. Oh, like, yeah. A chorus of coming, and you have to write it down right oh, there. Or a song intro. Oh, yeah, oh, something. Yeah. When the muse speaks, you fucking <laughs> you listen. write it right? down. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the thing I had recently. Was, um, I, I hesitate to say I wrote a song because I, I can't write a melody to save my life, but... Um, I, I had lyrics hit me while I was out on a walk with my wife, and I was like, hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on to it, don't, don't talk to me, honey, hold on to it, hold on to it. And I got home, and I spent the next hour and a half writing down lyrics of a song that I had been trying to write for eight years. Right. That's why your phone has a memo recorder. Yeah. Wow. Some people are visual, some people Sorry. are auditory. I had to work it out oh. in text. I get it. Oh, oh, no, because I, I, I needed to find, I, I, I had to work out the whole thing with like Rhyme Zone and Thesaurus and, oh, yeah, and yeah. things like that, but it was, oh, but it. in 90 minutes I had a complete yeah, song. That's awesome. <laughs> Those are the best songs. Oh, yeah. yeah. When it's like, Boom. I'm going to sit down. Uh, one that's going to be on our next album, t- uh, Time Flies, I wrote in four hours. Yeah. Nice. I'll, work. Give, I'll give you a, a tip on writing melodies. Yeah. Don't sing to write your melodies. Try using a musical instrument. Yeah, that's problematic. For everyone me. can He's play the white. He's a drummer. Key. Everyone can play the white keys on a piano. I don't have a piano. Everyone can play the white keys on a piano app on their phone. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm, I, but seriously, that is, that is how I, I I've written I've written bad melodies. 
and I yes, I I've, I actually took two years of piano, so I can play more than just the okay. the, the. But it was thirty. Because if years I ago. Si- if I if I come up with a melody by just singing it, yeah, it's way simpler and less interesting yeah. than if I sit down. And I, I'm a shit piano player, really right. bad, yeah. terrible. I mean, I play piano like stork types. All caps. <laughs> All caps. With the hashtags at the end. <laughs> I have to say it's because you're like you are are predominantly left-handed. Like like, like and that is it, not it's a, a real hard problem with the yes, piano player because yeah. your lyric hand is your right hand on the That's piano. That's right. That so do you write usually more with a guitar or a zook? Uh, like either the zook chord, pia- chord structure. Either zook or piano. Okay. I mean, unless 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 I've somehow come up with a good melody like sometimes I'll come up with some lines that I like Yeah. but if I'm writing a song and I'm like alright this song has like four notes in it and yeah. it's like because there's so many melodies like that I was yeah. listening to uh, Tappy turned me on to him uh, VNV Nation oh yeah that guy can't my, write a melody to my roommate's shit. favorite band yeah I, but that guy can't write a melody if you yeah. listen I'm like I'm going through I, I don't know which seat it was but like three of the four songs it's the melody is and I'm like, wow. Just take it take five minutes and figure out what other notes you can do besides the one you're <laughs> right, the whole yeah. melody is. Using. Yeah. See my strategy is I email it to Elsbeth. So oh, she then writes the music for Yeah, see right. that's what I do is I, I write out the lyrics and I hand them to Jeremy and I say, Here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, we came up with a name for our band, Elsbeth and I. Oh, what's that? Zones apart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm in LA and she's in London, and that's good. we can talk like to each it. other like two hours a day when we're both awake. I like it. It's good. <laughs> so, I like the name. Uh, I, yeah. I want to touch briefly on burnout. Um, I don't you mean the topic that we're supposed to be talking yeah, about yeah, right yeah. now? Yeah. That was that. trying to be subtle there. We, we got a, we got the whole creative thing down, but burnout, man, I don't I don't have a good answer for that. Which is, I mean, if you've pace been spending yourself. every every time, pace yourself, or yeah. just maybe even take a break. But and that seems trite. That's what you said, yeah. But it's it's also it's I've important. Men- I've mentioned this before. I, it's been years, probably, since I've mentioned it. This podcast happened because I was having songwriters block, there you go. and I'm like, I'm going to go find something else that's creative. So I started doing RPGs and started doing the podcast, and then started writing songs. The, for thing, the, podcast. the thing that I couldn't do, <laughs> right. I started writing songs for the podcast, and that kind of broke broke the. I remember block. like very first episode of the Angry Folk. Podcast, the music and infantile comedy, comedy podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You made the comment, I write a shit ton of songs. I write so many songs. And so here's my uh, way of, right. of, and not all of them can be used by my band. And so this is your thing. And then, oh, like 10%. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had the, you got the, 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 the burnout on the songwriting, so you went to gaming. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this, this actually brings up another I, thought uh, that I was thinking of. And you brought it up recently. Um, when you're learning a new instrument, there's a, there's a process, it's not fun. No. It's not easy. No. And and you talked about uh, hitting a wall. Oh yeah. And plateauing. Oh banjo. I I, I, I took. Uh, it was let's let's five years let's, ago. let's 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 yeah. unbox that. I hit a, a bit. wall. I hit a wall. Now yeah. what's that mean? I mean, can you is that just an instrument or could it be with maybe say designing a game? You hit a wall. Because well, I, don't, I, I think that at some point you get uh, you you get so buried you get you can't you, you're in the weeds you you get so frustrated with everything everything everything's a challenge nothing's fun anymore um, you, and and that wall maybe self imposed or just because of circumstances you can't get past it kind of the thing is um, the kind of wall you're talking about with creative stuff I think has more to do with uh, the fact that you I think you start you start to lose perspective yeah yeah and you need to 
change you your surroundings. The Set it on fire. You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, not, maybe not, not just that, but you need to go somewhere else and yeah. do something else and reset your brain. Yeah. yeah. Go go out in the backyard mm-hmm. with with Kurt the Third and uh, play catch for a while. Or just put it on the shelf for a year. Yeah. Well, or a well, month. Yeah. Or, or get outside opinions. Like, that's the thing that saves yeah. me in that 11th hour with costumes or the 14th hour or whatever. <laughs> Three of your life. Yeah, like, like I there take. Your co- there's a yeah. cinders in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a fire. Right. Someday it will happen. My husband will like walk back into in the morning. There'll just be this bonfire. He'll just be like, I'm not. Gonna. He's gonna walk out there and go, Oh my god, she spontaneously combusts. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll, he'll walk out hot, and just turn around and shut the door and just know it's not safe. <laughs> he'll just wait. It'll be the sobbing in the. Yeah, that's right. exactly this like She'll put baying it out with at her the tears. moon. Um, but you know, in those moments, like I, I have my friends that I take pictures of it and send them to, and be like, "Hey," and I, you know, they're people I trust, yeah. so they'll be like, "Yeah, I think maybe you should continue to tweak it," or "No, that looks great. Stop fucking with it. Go to sleep." <laughs> right. You know, and have that, and I think part of the playtest process needs to be kind of giving it up a little, giving it, you know, having some other people run it, and maybe giving you some feedback without you running or playing it. Right. Um, so you have that outside perspective that can you can then use to kind of invigorate yourself and, and, and make good choices with it, the time you spend. Yeah, that's something I that, that that's something I never got with Moment of Truth. No right. one, no one else is. I mean, there have been people who ran it. Mm. I sent out a very early version of it, and a few people play tested it for me and sent me back their notes on it. Yeah, and those were incredibly helpful. Yeah, because they didn't have me there to help them. Mm-hmm. They didn't have me there to explain right. anything. Yeah. they had to use the book as they had it yep. and go through and 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 I got I got a lot of very early valuable feedback. Yeah, I mean, and I know that Jason's been doing that with demigods. Right. Um, yeah. And because he ran it, and then I ran it, and then he launched the the. Um, the beta for people to download and try it, right. and they have like a whole um, Google Plus, which is a thing, I guess, and like they like right. talk. I don't know, and but he's been getting feedback, and that sort of reinvigorated him because he was at that point where he had kind of lost perspective on it. Right, like he ran it for us, and he was so right. buried in it that he couldn't. I quite think. Get a I good think look. mechanically, he's done. Well, yeah, it's it, it's yeah. Done. He just needs to fill in whatever the rest of the book is going to be. Yeah. yeah, and well, and he's finding and that's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, it that's is. that's going to be actual work. But, yeah. but you can say that from an outside point of view. I mean, he's still in the weeds. Just right. like all he sees is problems and mistakes and things and yeah. Well, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it at this point, like the mechanics, he feels are done. But he he has to tweak <coughs> things. Things he thought were clear from how he wrote it. Right. People are like, I have no idea what this means. That's the biggest. Yeah. Thing. So it's not necessarily mechanics, but more like how he explains things. That, you, you've been trying to say something for the last five. Oh minutes. well, I, I mean. Burnout is just one of those things Everybody goes through it yeah. At a certain point I mean I quit my major Because In college Because of creative burnout yeah. Really? Yeah I, I started in architecture school right. <coughs> I did two years In architecture school And I just suffered Total complete Creative burnout I could not Be that creative That long mm. You know 80 that's, hours a week It's fine You're being replaced By a machine now So anyway. I, did, I decided to do Something simpler And I went to engineering Yes <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry Kurt You can't make Another building that's shaped like a cube, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never actually tried that. <laughs> Pyramids are right. I up. did make a cylinder once, <laughs> but I didn't make a cube. Nice. Oh, there's so there's there's a there's a big high rise cylinder in Long Beach. The Capitol yeah. uh, Records building. The Capitol, the Capitol Records building. That one in, as well. In, yeah. In, yeah. It's classic. There there was a rest. Well, I don't it's know. It's an rest apartment was. complex in in downtown Long Beach that's uh, uh, c- uh, cylindrical. And yeah. it has a um, there's a restaurant at the top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was right. What's the name of that? I can't remember the name of that building. Anyway, I don't know. I've never I been lived been right down the street from it. Space combats from Stephen SoCal. Can you hand me one of my shit beers? Dear Happy Jacks, this email is in response to the email you read on twenty two eight. Good times. In which Harold asked, "Does space combat have to be boring?" My answer is yes. Most of the time, it will be. And I, that's, I think that's kind of the conclusion yeah, I came to. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> to understand why, we must understand some basics about, quote, combat scenarios and how players interact with them. Normally, combat scenarios assume that the participants are roughly equal in the way they are treated. Each can move and perform actions when it is their turn. This equates to making decisions about which, uh, what to do next, uh, eat, what to do each turn. In space combat, though, participants are not often not equal which we'll get to next. They're also stuck in one space. They Maybe. have a limited choices. Maybe. 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 Many times, space combat is not composed of units which are each run by a uh, each run by a single player. Instead, they are run collectively by multiple players. You might have a pilot, co-pilot, engineer, and gunners all aboard the same vessel. Thus, the players are not in normal combat where they all have interesting choices to make. Often, the pilot is the only one with interesting choices to make when it comes to ma- moving and maneuvering. Everyone else must make uh, has most of their choices already made for them. They will shoot, repair the ship, etc. Sure, they have choices about who to shoot first or what to prioritize in the repair queue, but the ma- uh, main thrust of their actions is dictated by the position on their position on the vessel. What do you do? Becomes a trite question when we already know the answer. So, how do you inject choice back into space combat? The first thing you must do to get your space combats to be thrilling once more is ditch the idea of them as combat. There you go. When I uh, choose to call it a scenario, it is not just word games. Space combat uh, is what happens when you play FFG's X-Wing. A board game. Yeah. Right. The, uh, The vessels are the units the players control, not the people inside them. RPGs are about the characters, though. So as soon as you, uh, so as such, you need to focus on them. Can you perform evasive maneuvers without knocking people off their feet or injuring them? A ship is not a static environment. Stop treating it as one. Remember to narrate, narrate, narrate. A pair of Tie Fighters is screaming on your port side. What do you do? Jump around to different players and don't be afraid to s- around to stick with one player for a few actions. Follow the action, not the turn order. Not everyone will be as involved, and that is fine. Different people lead the action in different scenes. This is normal and to be expected. I mean, this actually brings up the thought of, like, of the Millennium Falcon is, is is being chased by the Tie Fighters. There's not a lot of maneuvering going on because if you do that, the gunners can't get a bead. Oh yeah. So yeah. in many ways, it's like you're in combat as a pilot. Your job now is to keep it straight and narrow so the gunners yeah. can get a bead. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's amazing. Star Wars they, they invented computers so they could be androids, but they didn't invent computers for fire control systems. Funny that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> And gravi- gravity works differently there too. So yeah, you can literally hold a black. Oh, it's hole like in your vast dominions. <laughs> the truth is that my advice isn't just advice about space combat. It's about the whole game. Keep running scenarios and stop running miniature war games in the middle of your RPG sessions. While war games can be fun, it doesn't mean it should break up the action and flow of an otherwise good RPG. One of the reasons that PBTA is so popular is it's is this very style of running a game. Try it. I'll bet you find your space scenarios are way more fun than the space combats you used to struggle with. Yeah. I, I, Steve I, from Southern California, but not Steve from SoCal. Hmm. Uh, I, I would uh, contest that PBTA games are popular. 
Okay. It doesn't undermine the fact that this doesn't undermine the mechanics. I think it's I think it's a microcosm of very vocal people, and I think if you were to compare the number of people who played PBTA games, the number of people playing D and D, probably one percent. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually. This I think. I, I think. Wait, just for a second. <laughs> right. I think. I agree. Like the actual per- ratios are one hundred percent. But um, I think that if you uh, compare the number of people who are exposed to D anD D with the people who are exposed to BBTA and sure. other systems, I think that would really change the ratio as well. Possibly, yes, yes. yes. And they Not are, just for PBTA, but, they but like also, everything. They're also more vocal. Anyway, I'm sorry, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, here's your club if you want to keep beating that horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, I was going to say, this 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 letter actually kind of uh, sparked an interesting thing. I brought up the Millennium Falcon, and, and it's really, and even Firefly, it's an interesting thing, which is, because so Wash tries to escape, and he's doing his dodgy thing, but when they finally are like have to get into combat, he has to level out and keep it straight, and now the, now the gunners have a thing to do. And then everybody's on damage control. Uh, in many ways, let's say you're running Traveler, because that's what immediately comes to mind. In many ways, you, there's a, there should be some hand-waving, I think, involved. You need to say to them what's going on. It's like, well, if you are going to you want to do man- invasive maneuvers, that's great, but your gunners are going to complain, because they can't get a bead. Uh, it, and if you're flying straight, the engine room and everybody is going to be working overtime to, to patch holes. So it needs to be a broader narrative describing what's going right. on, rather than... All right, you roll. Now you roll. Now you roll. Because yeah, that's when it breaks down into not fun. Yeah. What you want to do is keep the action going. You want to keep the narrative going. You want to keep the 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 combat interesting, and not be bogged down in everybody's everybody roll now and see what it is you do if you succeed or not. And we've always talked about that too, which is like if if you want them to succeed, if you want the ship to escape, don't make them roll. Don't get yourself in a bottleneck, which is oh my god, they all failed and the ship's going to blow up. Right. If if. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I would I'm, say I'm going to get I'm going to get flack for this, but it's it's a it's a <coughs> it's a broader sense here where you're trying to make this thing interesting. Otherwise, it's just going to break down into dice rolls. I I, I would say it, it, in that particular example that you gave, if you're requiring them to make certain rolls to escape the situation, and they fail them. You better have sat down and figured out what's going to happen if they do. That's true. Yeah. Because are there escape pods? That's very are true. Are there vac suits? Yeah. Are they? Because you, you, obviously you don't want to have a huge TPK. But once they get off, you better know the name of the of the captain of the ship that's chasing them because right. he's going to have them. He's going to be interrogating them pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So you should have. Whenever you're requiring people to roll, you better know what's going to happen either way. Yeah. And that's important for all. Games. There should be a place for them to go. It's like right. if you if you jump off your ship. You can't have them floating in space for six months. No, but they're probably going to get captured. Maybe. Yes, <laughs> and if they get captured, then you better figure out what's going to happen with the story at that point. Now, obviously, not not just you need to figure out what's going to happen with the story at that point. Yeah. But once they once they've failed those roles, you better know where the what direction the story is going to turn at least, and be ready for that. Yeah. So that they. And now, okay, now they're going to have to figure out to a take over the ship that they're that they just got captured on, or escape from it at the next starport, or whatever, whatever the thing's going to be. But yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can never anticipate success if you're asking for dice rolls, because right. especially if you're playing. <laughs> I, I also think that uh, I mean, again, using the 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 Millennium Falcon escape from the Death Star, that whole scene is is very dramatic, and yet Chewie's just keeping the the. The Falcon oh, yeah. on a level yeah. playing field, and it's it's all about Han and Luke, you know, and getting <coughs> the shots off and all that. And we find out later that they were meant to escape; it was too easy. But that 
that still happens in Firefly. I mean, they, I, there's a scene in Firefly I remember where they don't have a weapon that works, so they get out, and Jane's got his gun. Oh yeah, Vera. They, they don't. They don't have a gun. They have that. Vera, right? They don't Vera, have a Vera, gun. and in a vac suit. In a vac suit. exactly. And and they make do. And, right and, and and how interesting is that? Which is you're you're on a ship that that uh, that has no weapons, right? Or the weapons are disabled, or they're so out of date you don't have ammo for it, or you couldn't afford ammo, or whatever it is, right. or you run out. Now they're improvising. That's and, and again, it's like you can't be doing a bunch of flying, maneuvering stuff, and it's like with, with this guy's like you know on a rope on the on the on the hull, no. or or the, the, what is it in the, the film Serenity where he's where. Uh, what's his name is on top with a oh yeah they, they right. mounted a, right, right. They mounted a gun, a gun to on it, it. Yeah. right he, he, uh, they he finally got a weapon on the ship right. they took it off afterwards <laughs> right didn't want it there Spoiler. well yeah it's gonna cause fights uh, uh, yeah. and even in um, Starship Troopers as flawed as the movie is these guys are coming in on level things and the guns are firing and missiles are going off but, but they can't maneuver too much and even if they can't maneuver it's a long slow process right you know, there's the there the two ships are trying to and it's a long slow process oh, yeah. to get them out of the way so in, yeah they're being shot by alien. Alien spaceship. Sure, right. So, <laughs> to my mind, the, you want to you want to you want to encapsulate that broader sense and keep it going, keep the action moving. It's like, oh my god, you've got to hit in the, yeah, up in the hall, engineer. You, what are you going to do? Roll, roll to uh, patch there. All right, okay. It's still leaking. You might want to see off the bulkhead. Gunners, uh, he's keeping the ship level, but there's some jostling going on. What are you going to do? You get a minus one to hits, and and just keep that right. stuff rolling. So they still have a thing to do, but you want to keep it broad, <coughs> you want to keep it going. Right. I, so I think that's exactly the opposite of what he's saying. I'm saying, he, like, I think he's saying not to do that because it's, like, it's kind of, like, oh, they're obviously going to shoot at things, like, have other problems there, like, for them. Right. Does yeah. That, I th- yeah. Go, go ahead. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what you said. So well, I, I think the 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 first thing is resist the urge to call for uh, roll for initiative. Just mm-hmm. don't yeah. have an initiative. To me, order. that's to me is the biggest takeaway yeah. from yeah. this. Don't have an initiative order. Yeah. Don't have combat rounds. Right. Don't have everybody gets their own turn type thing. Okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to describe this? You're going to describe this far more narratively. Yeah. Um, And you know, I've I've been in. That's what I'm saying. Okay, got it. Yeah, I've been in in uh, uh, hand to hand fights in in uh, uh, various games where they were only described narratively and Mm -hmm. there was no initiative order or anything like that. Sure. And it leads to much more cinematic, much more badass mm-hmm. things going on. Um, you know, yeah, does everybody get equal time? No. Does everybody get to have a good time? Everyone has a, and maybe everyone has a moment, but right. not Yeah, but probably. Does everybody have a good time? Yeah, probably. Um, so uh, unless you've got that that min maxer who's like, no, I need to absolutely have right. my yeah. six seconds at a time, that yeah. where I'm going to do the yeah. one thing. And he's not playing trial. So he's playing D and D. When I was uh, <laughs> when I was a new teacher for a while, I was actually working with a group that was designing like a LARP for the classrooms, and it was set up, and it was kind of like like Star Trek, where each part of the room was a different part of the ship. I heard about that? And yeah, so they yeah I designed a lot of Shocked. it. Not that anybody tells anybody that now, but <laughs> they showed up in a classroom like, we want to do this. And I was like, great. None of that will work. Here's how that will actually work in a classroom. <laughs> That's a great idea, but not for kids. Um, but And each part of the ship, like they had to do assignments and stuff to get certain numbers of points and things like that to get their part of the ship working. And then each part of the ship did like a role, I think. I don't remember. It was a, like six or seven years ago. At this point. Um, and it, their role was like their role for the whole combat. 
So it wasn't like every time they took a shot, they rolled. It was like their department got a roll. So I think like you could do it that way, where everyone rolled once, kind of like mm-hmm. Wild Talents, the one roll engine, which I love. Right. You got to roll, okay, and then you could narratively from there be like, oh, they did really great with the shooting, not so great with engineering, not so great with piloting, and then you could just like, all right, this is what happened in the combat. Talk your way and narrate through it without spending like roll after roll after roll right. after roll. But it still has that <coughs> randomizer in there, so you do have the chance of them just flubbing it or just knocking it out of the park. Right, and, and, and random things could still happen. It's yeah. like, oh, engineering has actually been compromised, we need to seal off the bulkhead. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So, and narrowing it down that way. Yeah, d- d- one of the things I've noticed about space combat, except for the pilot, Everyone is always somewhat reacting in any kind of combat in an RPG. Sure. Mm-hmm. But damage control, medical department, uh, engineering, they're almost exclusively in a reactionary situation. They're, they, it's very difficult for them to take initiative. Right, medical is not very proactive. No, they're waiting for, for, right. for hurt people. Right. Yeah. Damage control is waiting for damage. Right. right. Engineering is waiting for Someone to, to tell them what to do. Or to put a patch on, on right, a, right. But to, to go into the Jeffries tubes. One of the one of the things, and I, I think the biggest takeaway for me from this is, and, and this is a mistake that I think I've made in a lot of space combats, is uh, is to to do the whole init- get into the whole initiative trap and go around the table, and yeah. you don't have to. I mean, right. it's mostly the pilot. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, and I and in hindsight, thinking back to an early con game I ran, which was in. Gerp's Traveler, I think. Um, I made five or six characters. One of the characters was a pilot. He had almost nothing to do in the entire game because yeah. the game was all on planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you owe it to that guy who took the pilot You're character tweeting. or who made the pilot character when there's a combat. That is his fucking chance to shine. Right. Yeah, that's right? true. The, the, the face character gets a chance to shine when it's time to talk your way past guards. And the combat monster has has his chance to shine when you get to go shoot at people. Yeah. And and the healer has his chance to shine every time someone else gets killed or hurt. But the pilot very rarely gets that chance. And really, that's his one time. So having spending, it in, uh, spending more time on that guy... Or, or girl, woman, in that place... Good job, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm old. I'm old, but I'm trying. You're trying. <laughs> but I said... But, but, I don't, I don't consider Guy to be a, a gender. No, specific. no. We're from California. Guy is my computer. Guy is my pizza. Guy is you. Guy dude, is me. Yeah, dude, same thing. But Guy is my dog, my car. Everything is Guy. There's only one dude, and that's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Fair enough. The dude abides. Who? Go ahead. <laughs> You're being very non-dude, dude. <laughs> um, but... I mean, that's his chance to shine, and and trying to spread it out, you're kind of robbing of his spotlight in a way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We we had a um, a rather odd um, space combat situation in a game I was in. It was a uh, uh, Babylon Five in in the um, D20 OGL, mm-hmm. um, and we had a, um, a technomancer a um, um, what you want to call uh, um, uh, a psy a psychop, mm-hmm. uh, a captain of a Corvette class cruiser, and a lurker who used to be a, uh, a fighter pilot. Okay, right. So he got his own Star Fury again, 
but it was like three guys up here and one guy down here in terms of Oh sure, right. And if it's like, oh, if we had been in down below in in Babylon Five in the Brown Sector, yeah, yeah. he would have ruled. Except we were never on the space station. Um, but then we get into a combat scene, and oh, I have a fighter jet essentially, right? I get to do my own thing with a, you know with this star fight, this star fury, and the rest of us are on this Corvette class cruiser, and it's like. Um, did you need any help with those? No? Okay. Because right. he's got his own, like, crew. Right. The captain has his own crew to deal, an NPC crew to deal with all of the uh, operations of the ship. Right. And so it was like, he's just barking orders about this, that, and the other. And and the the, the Psycop and I are like, um, did you, did you need, did you need any, help? should we go down to the galley? Do you need coffee? <laughs> Clearly, clearly, you have this in control. Uh, right? We're going to go play checkers. You want to end? <laughs> like, like, dude, I'm playing a fucking space wizard, and my range is about not as far as in between these ships. Is <laughs> the point? And like, I, I all right, I'm just going to go and take a nap. I kind of <laughs> brought this up last time, but 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 I, I, it bears bringing up again, I guess, which is. If you extrapolate the fact that it's not space combat, maybe it's submarine combat. Maybe oh, yeah. it's yeah. ship combat. Sure. Maybe it's a, a chase in cars. Oh yeah. How yeah. how do you handle those? Are they different in space combat? No. And, and are there so. systems out there that deal with that really well? Because maybe you can take some clues from a ship combat game and extrapolate that to a space combat Absolutely, game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So <laughs> I, I think that there's solutions out there for making a ship. A, a group ship combat interesting because certainly there's naval games and there's stuff that people have written and worked out. I, 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 I'm not sure that there is. I, I think sometimes you just think it's a spaceship, so you forget to look outside of that. It's, sure. It's a it's a chase game. It's a it's a it's yeah. a it's a submarine game. It's a it's the same rules. I mean, if you ever watch if you ever watch the original Star Trek, even most of them, really. It's a submarine game. I mean, yeah. every time they get hit, they start losing oxygen, and people are hurt, and they're like yeah. they're sinking. It's very much right. It's very much they get depth charges. It's very much <laughs> that going on, and the tension builds up from that. But I wonder if there are other games that you can take clues from that can solve your your problem for you. Yeah, I, I think submarine combat is actually the best analogy because uh, you know if you're on in uh, say the the pirate game that we were we were doing, we can see the other ship, right? Yes. We can board. The other ship, but submarines and spaceships—you can't see the other ship. You're working from sensors. You're working from sonar. You can't—you can't look outside to see the other ship. Uh, I mean, even the view screen is—that's a camera and a television right, at yeah. best. But realistically, that ship is kilometers away, mm-hmm. right? So, submarine combat is actually probably the best analogy of you need to acquire the target because we can't see it. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. the sonar operator needs to acquire the target, so we because we can't see it. The dive planes uh, officer needs to control. But, but where how we do you are. make that interesting? Rather than well, just a bunch yeah. of dice rolls, and that's my and that's my I point. You, I don't know if you need to make it short. Yeah, yeah. Make keep it short. It short. Yeah. yeah, well said. Well said. <laughs> make it short. Really, a, a yeah. lot of those yeah. things are decided by one, one shot. Engine. One yeah. roll engine. A lot of those things are decided by de- decided by one shot. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, there, there's a series of novels. I don't remember the author. Uh, it's called the Lost Fleet series. It, it's reasonably hard science fiction, mm-hmm. and the guy who write who wrote them was like a Navy Commodore or something like that. So he's taken his knowledge of of naval fleet tactics and applied it to space combat, and he's done a really good job. With the, the space combats are 
uh, I mean, first off, there you know these these fleets are showing up on opposite ends of solar systems. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So there's days that are going to go by before the they least, yeah. before yeah. they do anything. Well, they're moving it. Yeah, point two, point three light. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Honor Harrington deals with that a lot too. They know they're coming. They know they're coming. It's hours or days and before they, they can. And, and and they they they're they, you know they will change their their the configuration of the fleet as right. they're approaching. And right. these are big fleets. These right. are like you know yeah. a, a it's lot like, of battleships like, and a lot of it's like entire armies. In, uh, yeah, and in, it's very yeah. much again like battleships in the Pacific. It's like yeah. you can oh, his, you can see the enemy coming. You know they're coming, and you you configure your fleet, and his, then it's his, just a matter of his fleet, the main character's fleet in this thing, is literally hundreds of ships. Mm-hmm. And you're talking, you know, you've got yeah. picket ships with the destroyers and yeah. the, and whatever the frigates or whatever they yeah. are, and and as they move closer, at the last minute they start doing maneuvers to try mm-hmm. to take advantage of the weakness of the other formation, but. It's over in a flash because they're both moving at point two yeah. C. The the uh, the O'Brien series, the Master and Commander series. Oh yeah, the books, right? Um, are, are very similar to that because there there's there's a scene where they're in a, a fight. They've got twenty two ships versus the French have four. Right, should be easy, right? Except that twenty one of their twenty two ships are merchantmen. Right. Oops. They have like <laughs> one cannon. No, no, no. They have. They all have cannon. But they, they don't, don't have, have crew. crews that know how to use them, or not how to use them well, <laughs> or enough. Or, and they're not good cannon, right? right. Their, their range sucks, right. and everything. Like that. So it's it's entirely about at the last minute, and he goes into great detail describing those maneuvers that oh, they yeah. use to surround the French ships and play that game. Well, if you don't, don't then okay, that's fine, a miniatures that. game at that point. But oh, the, the you're whole moving, you're moving things. The around whole point the was. It was. It's the prep that led up to yeah. that one moment of resolution, and once exactly. that resolution has yes. happened, that battle's over. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly right. I think, exactly right. I, uh, I think it was the pirate, pirate uh, uh, splat book for Pathfinder. I don't remember what it was called, but but I Tyler, Tyler yeah, it. Tyler ran it for us at one point, and it had different combat rules for ships. Yeah. Um, like you, it, it was a, man, a miniatures game. Like yeah. you switched to like a miniatures game, which was pretty interesting, and right. fascinating. I mean, for that game, it fit really well because you're pirate ships and you're doing like naval combat. Um, so you, I don't know. That might be another place to look if you're not into like just one role and like narrating it out. That might be an interesting place to look <coughs> too to switch to something like that. Our D and D game recently, the GM brought in um, a. I cannot, for the life of me, remember the name of the the game. But he brought in a board game, mm-hmm. was, or like it, he was spend, essentially we were having the Battle of the Five Armies kind yeah. of kind of situation, right? Um, but um, which was narrated, had, by the way. I'm not going to get started on we're, that. We're, 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 not fine. the point. But we we essentially that night instead of playing D and D, we played this board game. Yeah. But we did keep some of our character. Uh, personalities mm-hmm. involved when we were like, okay, this army has to go over here, and this army has to go over here, and or, you know, this whatever has to go this way, and mm-hmm. it was it was all within the the mechanics of, that the board game provided, oh, which was completely different from D and D because right. I mean, because well, you're role players, shit, you guys can role play Monopoly. Oh, damn straight, yeah, sure, but um, and it it worked to have this concept of a a massive world affecting battle mm-hmm. that we were a part of mm-hmm. and we benefited from <coughs> or took consequence from as case may be um, 
but it was it was a break from what we had been doing, and it was a a way of of just uh, addressing these this mass combat concept that a lot of RPGs I've seen uh, include supplementary rules for mass combat. Sure. Yeah. Um, D and D has it. Vampire Groups has, has it. Groups yeah. has it. Yeah. But they all fail in some respect or another because they're still based on the same mechanics of the individual game. Well, some of some of them aren't. Right. Um, some of them. But if you compl- if you move to a completely different game that's actually designed around this, right. and you just keep your characters. Personalities in that you can still make that happen. Yeah, I've heard of people doing that, um, like playing FFG and then switching to uh, X-wing right. for battles and stuff, and then switching back to the FFG system. Yeah. A long game session, though. It can be. And <laughs> yeah, it can be. And and can be. and you suddenly lose, uh, you know, interest in what your character. And doing. you do run into and certain risks. You do run into certain risks because our, our GM sprung this on us. We had no idea it was going to happen, and he because he didn't tell us about that, that this was going to happen. Personally, I love board games. I I freaking love them. Mary fucking despises board games. Yes, I'm not a big fan of board games. And so <laughs> when he showed up with a board game, she was like, "Oh no, goddamn, five hours of agony." Yeah, it's like I. I'm going to knit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was making chainmail, but yes. Right. Uh, Angry she participated. Knitting. She participated, but like, it was just it was for her. It was a lost night. Yeah. Point I yeah, yeah. I would have not been super. happy. This is many of the same solutions we gave you. I think with the original email too. But I, I really like your one roll solution, Stu yeah. and Kimmy. Me. Uh, which is basically like yeah, make the. Keep it short. Yeah, it's okay. We look a lot like people get us confused. No, you made the one roll, and he said, "Keep it short." I was trying to include both of you. Yeah. I did start with him. I think all combat should be short. Yes, every one of them. Yeah. There it is. All right. We haven't had a single D and D combat go more than four rounds in our in our game. What level are you at? Four. No. Are not you w- terrible? Do you all die every time? No. What level no. are you at? Uh, at this point, we just made eight. Kimmy, they just oh, they, they wow. actually make their rolls. We have not, not like you and I do. We're, well, that's a drag. Also, again, I, I, yeah, I said I we. Well, and th- this goes back to you're kicking the shit out of kobolds, probably. Well, no, no, no. But also, again, <laughs> are you not, ever in danger? Uh, rarely, because the first thing that we do, uh, the, like I said, the bard and the sorcerer. Oh, they make start, everybody. Oh, friends. that's right. Yeah, convert half the yeah. army. Everyone the other gets demoralized. Everyone and the other one converts them. So right, it's right. exactly. Yeah. So it's just like no, they're all friendos now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we got stuff coming up. Yeah, go do the thing. Well, we got we got the the, the convention coming right. up. In two we talked weeks. about that. Yeah, right. Um, uh, for those of you who are in the Southern California area, Sport of Tricks is oh my god busy. Wait, who's Sport of Tricks? Um, yes. No, who, no, is, who Sport is Sport of Tricks? Sport of Tricks is the band I'm in. Sport ah. of Tricks is sort of the, the third part of the triumvirate of the Boggards of Wives of the Tricks. Um, oh, my. And, yeah, exactly, right. We've had some really awesome shows recently on St. Patty's Day together. Um, but uh, so we have gigs coming up um, next weekend. We have two gigs in San Diego. Um, uh, playing with a local band called the Downs Family at a place called the Black Cat in in San Diego on Saturday the twenty fifth. On Sunday the twenty sixth, we're playing aboard the Star of India at the what? San Diego Maritime Museum Very as part cool. of the Sea Shanty Festival. Very cool. Uh, so what? come out and see us there. Um, that's that's cool. at one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday the twenty sixth. 
so that's this month. Next month, uh, September t- 9th, the weekend after Strategic Con, we're back down at our favorite place, Muldoon's, down in Newport Beach. Nice. Your semi-regular Sunday, gig. Our semi-regular gig. Where can we, people find all these if they don't remember? Right, that's what I was going to Sportivetricks.com. S-P-O-R-T-I-V-E tricks.com. See? And you, pl- you guys play the folk and the Irish music, right? Folk and Irish music, it, yes. And with it's, we, we call it Celtic with a kick. They play both so, kinds, and of then music. in and then what? country and western, <laughs> and then in October we'll be in Vegas. Vegas, Vegas, yes. Viva Las for the, Vegas for the uh, uh, age of Renaissance, uh, age of chivalry Renaissance festival out there. Yeah, nice. Renaissance. We're thinking about doing that next year. It's a it's a very different fair, but it's a lot of fun. It it's like a cross runs between at night too, right? It, it, it runs like it runs till like ten o'clock at night. Yeah. It runs three days. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's all indoors. No, it's all outdoors. No. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's at a park. Oh. Uh, just on the other side of McCarran Airport. They have parks in Vegas? Yes. Yeah. Other Weird. side of McCarran Airport. Bizarre. Uh, well, Never it, been it, outside. It's the front lawn of a hotel. Oh, no. okay. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a fairly large... It's, it's sort of half Renfair, half swap meet, half SCA event. Okay. Society for Creative Anachronism event. So right. it's a very different style of fair than what we're used to at, for going to Southern... The Southern California, right. the Southern California Renaissance Bowl Fair. Yes. So we have a bunch of other stuff coming up too. We have a bunch of APs coming up this week. Um, we are off Wednesday this week. There will not uh, be a game this sure. Wednesday. There might actually be a game on Sunday either. Um, yeah, there's no game on Sunday either this week. Oh, you uh, checked? Uh, you told me no. Okay. All right. No. <laughs> I did check with you, and you said right. no. <laughs> Check the schedule. Happyjacks.org slash schedule. It will be updated with whatever the correct information is and as I, of now. I actually checked the schedule and I, I couldn't make it work. I actually brought it up with Kimmy. So if you guys are having problems with the schedule, we, we are looking into it because I couldn't yeah, make yeah. it Thanks work. Thanks for bringing that up. I Sorry. got it to work I mean. fine. All right. I, you're you're better. Same, same day. Than I am. Same day. You're so we're going to go now. Hey, <laughs> Yeah? Are you still using the t- uh, TRS-80? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You upgraded to a Wang. It's an Atari. <laughs> Atari. You only go with Atari. Atari's awesome. Eight hundred. I've lost control again. I'm sorry, everyone. Did I you ever have it? Uh, All right. It, no, I tried to use two Thank you for joining us for season twenty-two, episode twelve. Happy to be podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kenny. My name is Stork. I'm Kurt. And uh, we'll see you next week, Friday, and uh, APs and stuff. Happy to have a schedule, which is working fine. Okay. Except except on TRS 80s and, and Atari, Atari 400. Yeah, 800, 800. Sorry, uh, maybe maybe not the 1200 either. It may also not work on the Amiga. I'm really oh, excited. Oh my God, we're done. Thank you very much for the song. Oh, and the song is from from Sports And that's it. And I'm going to turn off the mics. I'm about to be eaten by a group.
my father often told me when I was just a lad. A sailor's life was very hard, the food was always bad. But now I've joined the Navy, I'm aboard a man of war. And now I know a sailor's not a sailor anymore. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last. So get your cities ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. Well, the killick of our mess, he says we have it soft. It wasn't like this in his day when he was up aloft. We like our bunks and sleeping bags, but what's a hammock for? Swinging from the deckhead or lying on the floor. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last. So get your cities ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. Well, they gave us an engine that first went up and down. Then with more technology, the engine went around. We know our steam and diesel, but what's the main it for? A stoker ain't a stoker with a shovel anymore. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last. So get your city ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. Well, they gave us an all this lamp so we could do it right. They gave us a radio, we signal day and night. We know our codes and ciphers, but what's a semaphore? A bunt and tosser doesn't toss the bunt in anymore. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last. So get your cities ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. Well, they gave us a radar set to pierce the fog and gloom. So now the lookout's sitting in a tiny darkened room. Lauren does navigation, the sonar says how deep The Jimmy's three, she's do the wind, the skipper's fast asleep Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last So get your cities ready for another run ashore A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore GPS is by the bar, weather facts to the right Cell phone lets the skipper check his Facebook every night. The DJ's playing rock and pop, but what's the sea shanty? No one wants to scrim show when there's satellite TV. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last. So get your cities ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. Two cans of beer a day, and that's your bleeding lot. But now we get an extra one because we stop the top. So we'll put on our city clothes and find a pub ashore. A sailor's still a sailor, just like he was before. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last. So get your civvies ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be your last. So get your civvies ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. A sailor ain't a sailor, ain't a sailor anymore. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.